Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work for real life, for real people, work in whatever. Y'all know what I mean. Um, Even for people who don't like cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 253. And I think I'm going to call it um, decluttering storage spaces. Oh my goodness, storage spaces. Um, They're like the dream of people people like me, uh, who love the stuff. I am talking with Debbie. She is a member of the uh, Kindred Spirits community that uh, she's a patron of the show. I'm gonna talk about that in just a minute. But we talk about her basement specifically. And you guys, I know I have mentioned before that a basement is my dream. I mean, like anything irrational that my husband wishes that he had, my standard answer is get me a house with a basement and you can have it. Like that would just be the endless answer to any type of stuff issues. We don't have basements in Texas. The ground is too hard or something like that. I don't know. It's like rock. Um, anyway, I have this idea that a basement is the best thing ever. And I'm not saying it's not. But anyway, we talk about Debbie's desires for her basement and her struggles with it and getting through that. If you don't have a basement either, it applies to any kind of storage space that you have. I mean, it might even be like a space where you actually need to be living. You know, like this needs to be a main part of the house and it's being taken up with storage. So it's a real issue for all of us. And it was enjoyable to talk through this. We talk about some other things too. Um, but before we get into that, I don't have any ads today. And so I'm just going to do, um, you know, kind of an extra ad here for Patreon. I know I usually mention it, but um let me just kind of explain what it is. So Patreon is a site not owned by me that allows people to support their favorite creators, artists, that kind of stuff. So there's all sorts of people on there all doing all sorts of different kind of stuff. Um, it's basically just the platform that allows people to support for however much money you want to support every month. And for us to sort out who's supported at what level and provide different incentives or, you know, thank yous basically for supporting at that level. So basically, ultimately, if you decide to become a patron, really what you're doing is you're supporting this show. So I mentioned I don't have an ad. I'm fine. I mean, believe me, we're fine. We're going to be fine. Don't worry about us. But it is a reality that right now, you know, several advertisers have, I actually have not had anybody drop, but they have moved their stuff around because we are dealing with a worldwide unknown, as everybody likes to say, unprecedented situation. And so a lot of ads have been moved to the fall when hopefully things kind of get back to normal-ish, maybe, sort of, who knows, who knows what's going to happen. Anyway, But it changes things. And so I am so incredibly thankful for those who are patrons and they are, you know, supporting the show at different levels, but for the most part, it's $5 a month. Um, And that really goes a long way as far as, you know, that money comes into me. And to be completely honest, all of that money goes out to pay the people who edit the show and help me with all the other different stuff on the blog and all that kind of stuff. So that um, I'm just incredibly thankful for it, for those of you who are patrons, but I want you to know that I never expect anybody to do something that doesn't actually benefit you. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've added a few things that are perks, you know, you're not technically paying for these things, but they are a perk of being a patron. Um, and the main one is being part of the Kindred Spirit Facebook group. 
that is a lovely place. That is where, um, you know, Debbie and I are going to talk about it in this podcast. She is a member of that. And it's secret. So it's kind of a hassle to get people in there. So if you become a patron, and you don't get your invitation right away, just email me because we'll get it figured out. But you know, Facebook is weird. And sometimes things get lost and blah, 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 whatever. But it's secret. And it's our goal is to keep it safe, meaning there's some crazy places on the internet. That is not a crazy place. That's a place where people understand it. Here, here's the main thing I love about it. And you can skip through this part to the main part of the podcast if you want to. But okay, I'm breaking in. I'm having Rachel stick this into the part where I just said, um, you can skip ahead. If you go to around eight-ish minutes, I'm not sure how much rambling she's going to cut out in that initial part. But if you go around eight minutes to the eight-minute mark, you'll be good. Okay, back to me. The main thing I love about it is it's not just a general, let's talk about decluttering group. It's a, and this sounds weird coming from me, it's a let's talk about implementing a slob comes clean methods in our homes. And so what that means is you kind of start ahead in the conversation. So you're not you know, if you go, I'm sure so many of y'all, even people in the group are like, well, I'm in another decluttering group over here. And people say this, and they get mean or whatever. What happens in if you're just in a general decluttering group, a lot of times, you know, people come in, and they've read all these different books, and everybody's just kind of following what they consider to be the standard way to declutter or whatever, where we know that <clears throat> those of us around here don't have standard brains. <laughs> and that's wonderful that's what makes us unique. But we tend to think differently. And so if you relate to the way that I do things, the way the strategies I've had to implement, that actually work for my brain in my home, and you feel like, okay, those actually work for me in my home, we're all speaking the same language in that group. Do you know what I mean? Like there's and that's one of the reasons I only advertise it on the podcast, because I don't want somebody to come in, read one of my posts, see that I have this patron program, and they want to get in the Facebook group. And so then they go, no, I do it on the podcast only because I feel like you guys are the ones who are like, let's talk on and on and on about these strategies and figure out how to implement them at our home. And so it just kind of works really well there. So anyway, I am pushing it hard, because I have just really appreciated that way to pay my podcasting and blogging bills and things like that. And also, I just want to make sure you know about it because you guys know that I don't podcast in the summer, right? So at the end of May, I think there's maybe five more podcasts. Don't quote me on that. You know, I'll be off for two months and that those two months maintain my sanity for the year because I'm able to just not think about these things um, for two months. And anyway, that will be kind of a way for you to continually stay freshly connected to these concepts and really you know, if you want to be a patron. But at the same time, if you're not a patron, I have no, I'm not like, you should be a patron if you're listening to the show. No, oh my goodness. I mean, it is a teeny tiny, like infinitesimal, that I don't even know what that word means, but it's really small, um, percentage of the people who listen to the show are patrons, such a small percentage. Like, I don't even know if it's 1%. I don't know. And that's perfectly fine. And that's great. And I am so thankful that blah, blah, blah. And y'all know what I'm trying to say. And I'm going to, you probably know better than what I'm saying. Anyway. Okay. So I'm done. We are going to talk to Debbie. Oh, if you want to be a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash a sob comes clean, uh, all one word, or you can just look in the show notes for this podcast. Go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S. You'll find the link there and uh, you can learn more about becoming a patron. Okay, here's Debbie. Thanks for joining me today, Debbie. Oh, you're welcome. I'm, and you're fine with me calling you Debbie? Yes, please. Okay. I'm always amazed. <laughs> I never, you know, when I started doing these, I had no idea how people were going to respond to that. You know, if they're going to be willing to right. admit their... Well, you asked the question, and I thought about that, too. And I thought, well, if there's anyone listening, I wouldn't be afraid of them finding out because they'd be a kindred spirit. So then I thought, yes, like, definitely, I want to be me, because I know that that honesty helped me and understanding where I was at. Yeah. 
Well, and I think that's a really interesting point that you made. If somebody you know is listening, well, then y'all need to know that you can talk about this. Exactly. If my sister was listening or my sister-in-law or somebody who I kind of mentioned the podcast to, if they were listening, then I know that's where they're at. And then it would be a really good, I think, icebreaker for conversations that we could have. I love it. That's a great perspective that I had not considered before. So I appreciate that. Um, I have a couple of questions that I'm thinking of adding to my little Um, these strategy sessions, because I'm curious, I find myself curious. And that is, uh, what would you say that you follow more books, podcasts, the blog? Like what, what is your audiobooks have been my thing since my kids were little. Okay. Um, Just because it was easier to listen to a book when you're running around with a small child. And it just um, became my default for where I can kind of consume information. I like having Um, that in my ear as I'm doing other projects, if I'm knitting or if I'm driving, I really appreciate that. Podcasts were almost a recent find. When I started looking up topics that I was interested in rather than the general kind of news information shows that are so popular. Mm -hmm. And so I tend to be rather faithful to the podcasts that kind of speak to me if they're uh, of an interest. I'm um, like maybe a TV show I'm following and I love the hearing the interviews, but I find more often I use podcasts for uh, learning something new. Okay. So did you find me through the podcast? Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, First I found the podcast. It was when, you know, in that January moment where you're like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. uh, And I'm literally searching up cleaning ideas, decluttering ideas and all of that. And yours came up as a recommended. And then I went through your back catalog and I just listened to everything. And then when you started talking around the, about the books, I have Audible and I've used it for mm-hmm. years. Um, and then I, I downloaded your books and listened to them start to finish. And I have to say, they're on my constant re-listen because I often re-listen to them whenever I'm in that headspace of, okay, I don't know where to begin. Yeah. I'll go through your processes again. Okay. Well, I like that. I love hearing. To me, that's a big part of the value of having the thing where you can go back over it and over it and over it. And it's like, okay, yes. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm sure if you're cleaning and they're playing, you're not always completely thinking about the book either, right? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> interesting too. I've, well, yes, it's, it's a nice, uh, you're my friend who keeps me company when I'm going through <laughs> my house. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be that. <laughs> That's fun. Um, Okay, so tell me what, oh, first of all, tell me your unique home situation. Like what, right. what's your life like? Um, so I'm, uh, I work full time. I'm a mom of two teenagers. Uh, my son just turned 18, so that's a whole other world we're entering. Um, yes, my daughter is the exact 14. same. <laughs> I, I know, I'm like, I'm excited because it's like somebody else gets this. Um, the uh, my husband and I've been together for a long time since university days, and our house we've had it since the kids were before the kids were born. So it's a biggish house, and it's just got all of that life stuff that's accumulated. Um, as a kid, my family moved around a lot, so we were really interested in having a home that their kids would grow up in that had that stability and that. But that takes brings a lot of accumulation, and. In my life, um, just recently, I finished, I went back to school for a master's program. So that was my life in the evenings and weekends was just, I'd work, I'd come home, I'd write papers, and, and just for four years was just back and forth with that. So life kind of went on pause. So for me, a lot of this decluttering and cleaning and organizing and all of those things is more for catching up on four years of just stuff being in kind of park mode. Yeah. You're in survival mode for yes, four years. Absolutely. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So tell me what strategy has had the biggest impact on your home at this point? <laughs> Trying to winnow it down to a couple is interesting. Um, very first and foremost, do the dishes is my mantra. Just do the dishes whenever I'm feeling overwhelmed, wherever I'm feeling, um, and I get easily distracted. Um, I have very much that project brain where it's like, oh, there's something new. I should start this. Oh, wait. And so I just kind of take a breath and I look at my kitchen and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start there. And then I work out from there. So using your cleaning steps, those um, main rules that you have of just starting with the dishes and then kind of working out from there and just that tidy, that 
visible spaces rule is really important to me because that helps not feeling overwhelmed, but feeling like you've accomplished something so you can move along on yes. um, various tasks. That's been important in the container rule is a game changer. Looking at my house, looking at spaces, being able to compartmentalize rooms, understanding their function and what should be in there has been really important. So I'd say all of those kind of foundational um, ideas that you've developed have been really important in just my day to day. And with dishes, it's been cool because I've gotten into the point where it's just like brushing my teeth. It just like I go down in the morning um, while I'm getting things ready, I'm unloading the dishwasher, I'm getting it ready. And so, and it's such a quick, I timed it one day, it took seven minutes start to finish. And wow. it's like, well, that was, and that was after, that was an evening kind of chore. So, um, and that was with pots and pens and stuff. So it's like, that's a manageable task. And that's a nice, nice little. Knowing bit. that mm -hmm. actual time, mm -hmm. knowing that it's seven minutes, just triggers something in the brain to make you go, oh, why am mm -hmm. I dreading this? It's seven minutes. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because my son was kind of balking. I told him his, his job now is emptying the dishwasher because it's, and I'm happy that it's always loaded. So he doesn't have an excuse. He's not waiting for me. And he was kind of, you know, boys. Um, and I said, it takes five minutes. I timed it. it. And that's if you take a long time. And then he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> time it yourself. So having, me wrong. <laughs> having science, <laughs> having a timer is kind of cool. I know. It's so funny to me because I always say that I'm a, oh, I'm not a science and math person, but a lot of times the whole like container concept, it comes down to math or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is the amount of space. This is how much stuff can spit in, can fit in there, not spit in there. Um, okay. So tell me about the first situation that you would like to discuss today. Okay. So with, through your um, books and your podcasts, I, I'm really proud of where my main floor is. It just, I feel a sense of calm that it's not overwhelming. It's not a kitchen where I can't even see the table. Um, my family room, although I did have a moment because of my tree was up earlier this week where it's like, oh, I don't know where to point the camera. I don't want Dana to see that I have the tree up. <laughs> and then I thought, wait a minute here. She gets it. I'm it's okay me. with this. But the tree came down because I had a, a little bit of time and I wanted to get organized. But um, my basement so I understand that um, where you live, basements are not really a thing. They're but not. But they're like a, <laughs> everyone I know struggles with this. The basement becomes your giant container where there are no real limits other than when stuff starts creeping up the stairs. And everything is, that's where everything's parked. So as I try to figure out what of the kids' stuff that they've accumulated over the years goes, or my husband has stuff from the office that he's not sure you know, paperwork, all of those things, it's all down there. And it's, I find it overwhelming because to go down there and take a look, I don't know where to begin. Like I've gone through it more than a few times with like the donation bag or the garbage bag, but now it's like, I need to make choices mm -hmm. and turning that from a project where I just come back upstairs and close the door because I find it overwhelming to turn it into actionable tasks. That's what I'd really like some advice on. Okay. So I do have to say that it's my dream to have a basement. And I, you know, my relatives in Kansas had basements and I played in those, you know, all growing up and that was my favorite thing in the world. But so I get it that it's basically just no man's land, right? Yeah. Like it's just, what is this? I don't even understand because it has no definition. So what is your dream for that space? Like what is it that you imagined before you moved into the house what did you um, think that was going to be I saw that as a kid's play area and it certainly was when they were little before we accumulated stuff it's now a holding spot for a lot of things it's sort of it could have been an office my brother-in-law while he was waiting for his condo to be built he was living there so it became his mini apartment so it still has kind of that remnants of a big desk and and those kinds of things it's got a couch it's got exercise equipment now that my um, kids are teenagers, it'd be really cool to have that as their hangout spot. And so having it cleared, there's a TV down there, just being able to have them, you know, with their friends to go downstairs and just kind of hang out, play video games, whatever. It'd be really nice if they had that and it was their space, if they wanted to do homework, you know, often they end up at the kitchen table, which is absolutely fine. But I just want a place where they can feel comfortable 
with a big house, there's lots of room for movement. And so having defining spaces when you have what I feel now is more than enough. It just becomes that no man's land because it doesn't have any kind of purpose. So are there multiple uh, rooms in that space or is it all one big room? It's a finished basement from the previous owners. And I know that they used to have a lot of uh, family celebrations and that. So they kind of designed it for um, it with a big room that sort of could double as a living room. Um, there's no bedrooms down there. It, there's lots of nooks and crannies for bookcases and, and games and all of those things. So it, it really is more of a, a larger rec, like a traditional rec room okay. um, with uh, some storage in part of it. Like uh, is, one Are the storage room. closed doors of storage? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, you have an idea of what you would like it to be. It sounds like it does have some furniture down there. So you named a couch, a TV and a desk that's already there. So I feel like partly with this idea of, Oh, what's this room going to be? Or how can I make this room be the thing that I want it to be? And I don't know how you are, but for me, decorating intimidates me. I've shared that many times. And so sometimes I can get it into this vision of what I want a space to, to look like and knowing that that's going to be intimidating to me personally, as somebody who, who doesn't feel, you know, empowered to decorate or whatever, then, um, you know, that can be kind of something that then stops me from going from that. But it sounds like you've got, you've got the basics and teenagers just love having a space. And so technically if the space was cleared out, even with the furniture pieces that you already have, it would be functional in the way that you want it to be functional, right? Yes. I don't need to buy any, anything right. new to have it be what, where it should be. Right. Okay. So it's really just decluttering is the issue. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So if you have closed off spaces with doors, are you okay with those spaces being, these are my storage? Like this is my, yay, I've got storage that everybody dreams of having. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's limited storage, right. correct? Because yeah. it's a smaller space. So it's like, is the goal to get everything out of the main room and into those closets that are storage spaces? Um, yes. My goal would be to, to get rid of the clutter that I can get rid of, to move the stuff that has somebody else has attachment to, whether it's my husband's stuff that he still needs to sort through or my kids' toys that they're not sure if they still want. It's to remove some of that stuff so I could use that storage room, which is just packed floor to ceiling right now with stuff that needs to be kind of sorted and, and either donated or, or um, moved somewhere else. Okay. So is there one storage space with a closed door? Uh, yes. Okay. So that's going to be the space. So as you go through, is there stuff down there that does need to be in other places in the house or do you know? Um, there's a lot of stuff that I would love to move to the garage. A lot of stuff my husband brought home when he moved one, one of his offices. There's a lot of kind of gadgets, tech stuff and all of that, where that could easily be stored in the, in the garage. So the garage is kind of an extension of the project. Okay. It's just clearing out the garage of stuff so we could move those items into more permanent storage there. Okay. I'm really big on visibility and all, and you know that, but you've already been going through and you've already been working on the trash and the easy Mm -hmm. stuff. Right. Um, and you, do you feel like you've mostly kind of accomplished the trash and the easy stuff? Um, yes, there's a few things, but it wouldn't be more than like a, a a trip to the the local goodwill just to get the kind of final bits and pieces that I was like, okay, do I really still want this? Okay. But trash, I feel like I've gone through there quite a bit, just removing the obvious things. Okay. So, um, the next would be the duh clutter step, Mm -hmm. you know, so really taking a hard look at it and saying, I am going to load up you know, cause you, you've mentioned multiple things that were transitional or whatever. So, you know, we're going to go through this and say, okay, I'm going to get out of there everything and get it out of the house completely so that it's not, you know, anywhere that's just temporary, um, just to try to get through that. And then it becomes an item by item thing. And I know you have the storage closet. Have you gone into the storage closet and done the trash and the, um, <laughs> That would, that's the one where I go in and I just back out of it because yes. it has so much stuff and so much of it is 
there's an emotional attachment. Um, there's the stuff that's obvious, and then there's the stuff that requires decisions. There's a lot of decisions. There's years of um, kid toys and little things that we kept because of sentimental value. And so that one could be a really great usable storage space, but that's where I've kind of put all the things that require a lot of decisions. Okay. Is there trash and easy stuff in there at all, or you think it's all decisions? Have you tried, I guess, is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Many times that's, that's because it's not visible. I tend to be okay with just closing the door on it. Right. Um, But but, if you're, if you're going to be storing, if some of the stuff that's in the basement needs to be stored, then there needs to be room in that as well. Yes. Right. So, you know, it's, it's that, um, that strategy of not getting distracted from one by another, you know, it sounds like it's all just one huge overwhelming thing. So, going with, you know, small spaces. So breaking it down, it is a large space. As you said, Mm -hmm. that can be overwhelming and saying, okay, I'm going to this space by the TV. If I would clear just the amount of space for, you know, the couch and the TV to be here, you know, I'm going to focus just on this. So I'm going to one by one pick up every single item and make those difficult decisions. Right. Even though I'm not going to get to the whole space, it's going to take forever to get to the whole space. And if something legitimately needs to be stored in the house, well, that's your storage space. And so you walk to the storage space, you take it there, and then you say, okay, what deserves to be in here less than this item that needs to be stored? Right. You know, and then that sometimes will make you go, well, actually, I don't need to store this item. I don't actually need it. Or it will help you go, okay, that, you know, ride-on toy is really sentimental, but we're past that. Mm-hmm. And now that I look at it as that's taking up space that I need for this item to go so that my kids can live in their current stage of life with a TV and a couch, you know what I mean? So it just kind of plays itself out a little bit. Right. Um, and I, I think just giving yourself permission to work methodically on small spaces within that big space. I really like that. So kind of putting, compartmentalizing a larger space by just focusing on kind of specific areas. Yes. Yeah. I I like that idea. Can you get to the storage space, storage room? Yep. Okay. See, you're winning. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive. A lot of us out here are like, oh yeah, that's huge. (laughs) So yeah, if you just work on um, that space and then as that becomes a place that they can, can be, you know, then that's the goal there is to maintain that and then move out from there. Okay. What is it else that they would like to do here? They want to do their homework. Okay. Well, we're going to really work on this desk area mm-hmm. and giving yourself permission to just take those small little chunks of space until it, it works through. And that's going to morph. I mean, it's really going to, as the kids get down there and they get used to using it, then they're going to help you understand, you know, what, how it needs to function. Right. And then um, you can bring them in on that as well. You know, okay, well, if this, is, if this is what you would like this space to be, then that means that we need to go through your toys that you didn't ever want to think about before, you know, from when you were little that are in the storage space because we need that for whatever other stuff. Right. So. I, I like that. It, it gives me a little bit of a ah, kind of feeling because it's, it sounds manageable, um, when I go down there, the temptation is to pull everything out yes. and kind of sort. And that's when it gets overwhelming because it's not uh, an approach that works for me mm-hmm. um, of that kind of project of, well, we just need to empty out the closet and then put everything back. And it's like, no, then it'll be a worse mess that I just really don't want to deal with. Well, exactly. And, and I think for, for people like me, you know, and I, I can't do the pull everything out. I have to do the item by item. But in a space like that, where it's not where you're living all the time, mm-hmm. it's easy to think, well, I could do that here because nobody walks around down here. So even if I, you know, I can pull everything out, but it's at the same time, you're not making that consistent, visible, measurable progress that you make mm-hmm. when you deal with item by item as you touch it. Right. No, Anything else with that. that you want to talk about? Um, it's interesting talking about the the kids and their stuff. That's the other thing where it's, what's your advice for helping kids declutter or teens once they've gotten to a place where it's really obvious that, that they're very far from, you know, those toys, but there's so much Lego and are we keeping stuff for when they have kids? 
how do I help them work through those decisions to, um, especially when they want to transform their rooms into more, you know, young adult rooms, then it's, they can't just pack it all downstairs. That's why I want to have more structure to downstairs. So they see that it's not as much of an option that mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, just put it in another bin. It's like, mm, we're full of bins. We don't have any more room for bins. I think you just answered your own question. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I think exactly what you said is that as you work on that space, it's not going to be an option. And I, I don't think it's going to be because this is the space like I want it. I think they're going to love experiencing that space and the usability of that space. And it's going to be natural mm -hmm. for them to realize that the whole basement isn't storage, just that one room is storage, you know, right. and, and, and even to, to divide up the storage, which, you know, I know it can be overwhelming because right now you can even think that far sometimes, but to say, sure, I have this storage room. You can have this shelf to keep anything from your childhood and I'll keep it here for at least the next five years. I'm not guaranteeing anything after, the, you know, whatever, you know, I can keep this here until you have your first home or something like that. Um, but, but, you know, just giving them that, that space, that's a limited space because the reality is they don't want all that. No. I mean, they may think they do because they don't want to make the decisions over it. Right. But they don't actually want to deal with it eventually. And so it's that, you know, here's, here's the shelf space that we, that I have cleaned off, especially for you so that you can't, cause I know you want to work in your room and I know you want to make it different and get rid of your toys. So this is the shelf space that can be yours to store until you get your own home. Um, here's a tub that just happens to fit on that exact thing. So put all your favorite stuff that you really want to keep in it. And then when the tub is full, then, you know, that's all you can keep and you'll need to donate whatever else right. doesn't go in there. So it's, it's that honoring the fact that they want to keep something, but also helping them live within the, the limits of reality. But it's hard to say right now because it is such an unending storage space that they mm -hmm. see in the basement. Right. They just yeah. think, oh, I can just put everything down here. I don't have to worry about it. That's their version of tidying. It's like, oh, look, yeah. I emptied out my room. It's all down in the basement. Yeah. Um, how much should I engage my kids in the process of getting rid of some of the earlier kid clutter that's still down? That is kind of the main chunk of the, the storage room. Well, I would work through the actual process. Like, mm -hmm. so, hey guys, here is this corner or this bin of stuff that we threw in here to get out of your room because you didn't want it in your room. So they right. already know they don't want it in their everyday life. Right. So it can be overwhelming to just look at that space and think that's all stuff I wanted to keep. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the problem with keep boxes, but not really knowing what to do with it. So, 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 you know, with that very defined space of that corner or that pile or that tub, let's go through this process that this crazy lady on the internet says to use, you know, I mean like blame me, I don't care. <laughs> and, you know, just say, okay, let's look through this space for the trash. And sometimes that means, you know, shifting through and, you know, pulling things. And that's going to kind of give them much more awareness of what's actually in the, the thing. And they're going to see some trash and they may see some things that they identify as trash that you think, what? You know, like, Oh my word, that's not trash. Um, and in that case, then you go put it in your own container. Right. Then that becomes your, these are my childhood I mean, these are memories of my kids' childhoods right. that I want to keep. Um, my daughter is known for saying, you're going to have to put that in your own container, mom. I don't have room for it in mine. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, just going through there, looking for the trash. Um, if they want to get rid of something that you want to keep, then, then you make the point and you say, okay, I'm going to put this in my own space. I'm not expecting you to, to keep it because you don't care about it. Right. Um, and then just work through that process of easy stuff you know, which it feels like there's not going to be any easy stuff because it is all stuff that they purged out of their room at one point, but mm -hmm. still talk through that, you know, still say, okay, so the next step is to look for things that belong somewhere else. They just don't have a home there. I mean, they're, they're just not there for whatever reason. You know, they right. do have a home. They're just not in their home. And as you do that process, 
it's also going to help start introducing that concept of things need a home. Right. You know, like, okay, so by not identifying any easy stuff, you just identified that nothing in here has a home, you know, and then let them get rid of the duh clutter, the things that are obvious, because that is going to happen. A lot of times just the, the space of time right. between the time when they thought they had to have it and this time in the future is going to automatically reveal, right? Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So then there's that. And then you get into the two decluttering questions, which, you know, allows you to kind of talk through each item. Right. As far as, is there any reason to have it in the house, basically, is what you're really saying. Um, And then, you know, honor the fact that, okay, you just can't get rid of this. Well, this is the space that you have, the shelf right here. Right. So. So, so some of that I, might be some advanced work on your part in that storage room to be like, okay, I'm going to designate this shelf, not the whole shelving unit, but, you know, like this shelf as my daughter's shelf and this shelf is my son's shelf, you know, and always be willing to negotiate if there's something bigger that they really wanted to keep. But, but the, that reality of space, it just makes it a lot easier in those relationships because it's the space making the decisions, not me. Right. No, and, and I appreciate that. Turning that, looking at the storage room as the container mm-hmm. and the basement as other livable spaces, yes. then it helps kind of redefine how we've been kind of using that space. I feel like that's all manageable steps that I can tackle in a reasonable amount of time, not just like, oh no, this is my summer, or it's, it's kind of breaking off chunks of time to approach it in, in steps. I, I like that idea. Well, and remember too, that especially with a large overwhelming space like that, the fact that you are making progress and only progress and not doing the pull it out thing means that you can work in there for two hours and you are guaranteed to have made progress because things are in their final homes. And so there's going to be less in that space that you wanted. And that is going to really build on itself. It's not a weekend project. You know, not that you can't get it done in a weekend. You absolutely can, as long as you follow these steps. But it could also be a year-long project of it just getting better and better and better with 30 minutes every weekend or something like that. Right. Yeah, so. definitely. Something that, that I can fit into my life where I don't feel like, oh, I'm um, kind of chained to this project until it's done. Yes. Okay. Did that finish answering that question? Yes. I am very excited about this. Yay. Well, good. You're excited about decluttering. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. I like the feeling you get afterwards. I know. I know. And I think that like you talked about the visibility role, that is so key for me in, you know, keeping that progress going because I'm inspired by seeing how much easier it is to live in spaces with less stuff. Um, yes. Did you have a third question? I do. Um, And it's interesting because you talked about, you know, whether or not you have like a couple of hours or a whole weekend or half an hour. It's when we feel that we have a lot of these tasks, there's the daily tasks, which I feel like are a nice chunk of time, but not an overwhelming chunk of time. But, and I think this goes back to just how we were raised or, or any of those things where it's like, when is it okay to just stop? And this is kind of dealing with my own guilt about, oh, I need to be cleaning, I need to be organizing. It's, it's a constant thing. If I'm home, I should be doing something. When is it okay to stop and just take a break or say, you know what, I'm just going to go read my book this evening. It's okay if that basement is not perfect by tomorrow. Um, and so have you worked through that yourself or have you kind of seen those challenges with other people of, of being okay with stopping and taking a break? Yeah, I think that... Um... Well, when we're talking about the basement, that is such a challenge when it's a nagging thing in your head of something that's always on the list to be done and really acknowledging how much better you said you feel like you have your living areas under control at this point Mm -hmm. and acknowledging how far you've come and how much easier it is to live with those areas being under control and realizing that didn't happen in a weekend and you know, it's, it's the sustainability of doing this. And so, you know, if you're feeling, I guess I can look at it a couple different ways is to continually make that progress in 30 minute or an hour times of working 
take those before and after pictures to prove to yourself, I really did accomplish something today, even though there's so much more left to do. You know, this is what I did when I, this is what it looked like when I started. This is what it looks like now. You don't have to share those with anybody. You can delete them immediately, but there's just something in the brain that happens when you go, wow, that really is better. I really did accomplish something today. So that can also help a lot. Um, And one of the things which I find really kind of interesting as far as, you know, talking to other people is I've heard from quite a few people who suffer with um, like diagnosed OCD mm-hmm. who have really struggled with never being able to stop cleaning, never being able, you know, never, you know, because the minute you've mopped the floor, something falls on it. You know, I mean, that's just reality. And what they had told me is how much it helps them to do the same technique that I have to do just to remind myself to do things. And that is, um, you know, the the weekly cleaning tasks or the four things because it allows them to go, no, I do laundry on Mondays. Mm -hmm. You know, so like laundry day or whenever laundry day is for you. Have you tackled laundry day yet? Yes, I have. I love it. (laughs) Oh, good, good. Um, but, But it's part of the beauty of laundry day is not just that you're done with laundry on the end of laundry day. The beauty of it is to say, I don't have to do laundry on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday because Monday was laundry day. I did it. I have done it consistently enough now to know that next Monday is also going to be laundry day. And so I don't have to worry about it during this time. You know, so it's, it's that yes, random dishes may end up in the sink. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I still feel funny saying that because I've never been somebody to be like, Oh my goodness, there's a dish in the sink. I've got to clean the whole kitchen, you know, but, but I think that's the same concept that we're talking about is there's always something to be done. But when you have the routine in place, you know, yes, it reminds me to do it, but it also lets me go. The routine exists. And so I don't have to keep an eagle eye on the sink all day long to make sure it stays perfect. I just have to follow my routine, which is I'm going to have the dishes done before I go to bed tonight. Right. And what that does sometimes, well, a lot of times what it will do is throughout the day, I am more likely to randomly wash one dish because I see it as, well, I'm going to have to do this tonight anyway. Mm -hmm. And so I might as well do this now to kind of be that far ahead. So it'll take me even less time tonight, but there's a mental difference there between, oh my goodness, there's a dirty dish in the sink. How can I sit down versus I'm going to do this real quick because it's going to help me out on my routine. You see what I'm saying? I do. do. And so it's not just so much about, I can't sit down until I have everything done. And then that's extra challenging for the people like me who never have everything done you know, but having a routine that I really have worked on, not just a plan on paper, but one that I've actually implemented in my house of doing the dishes every day, whatever that means, I'm going to get them done somehow, some way every day. And then over time, as I do that, I start to trust myself that I can do that. And then that lets me not feel guilty about doing the dishes all day. And I think it's that you know, and it happens for a lot of people, but for me, I, I know I felt like I had so much more time when I was cleaning consistently than I did before. And I think it's that mental shift that you're talking about, you know, that go ahead. Oh, no, it, I'm just shaking or nodding my head. I should say, because I absolutely agree. It is all of a sudden I have more free time and, you know, being done school has freed up a lot of time, but not having a mess in the kitchen to deal with, I'm looking at my kitchen going, oh, I could, I don't have to do that right now. It's not a task that needs to be done because I'm keeping up with it. So Mm -hmm. the keeping up in that incremental has given me this free time that I'm kind of not used to and I don't know what to do with. Yeah. And for now, you can always go work in the basement, right? Good. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and the time that it takes, or you can say, you know what? the basement is fine. Nobody sees it. So I'm going to read my book because I want to do, you know, I mean, so it, it gives you that freedom because right. you trust yourself where I didn't trust myself before. Right. It was just because I was all, only ever cleaned in project mode where I, you know, cleaned like crazy, didn't have time to do anything else. 
and then relaxed. And that never went well because then the house went being, you know, back to me. So it was like that. It almost, I wonder if that's part of it is it's remembering when you used to clean in project mode that relaxing meant the house went back to being a disaster. Absolutely. So not having it in project mode is going to take away that, that feeling. I don't know. No, I absolutely. It's getting in out of that project mode mindset because that's a never ending right. battle. And it doesn't work. No. Like it flat out does not work as much as I wished it would. But I'm so glad that I figured out that it doesn't work because it is so much easier to just go ahead and, and do it incrementally, like you said. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, you've answered so many. We've explored a lot of things that have been a constant nagging feeling or, or battle and, and um I'm excited. I'm excited to approach things differently because I really appreciate the mindset shift that's happened over the last year since I started listening to the podcast and listening to the books that just rethinking how I understand. Um, It's almost like folks in the relationship with food. It's my relationship with cleaning. I can go back and I know you've talked about your relationship with your mom and I can think about, you know, how I was raised and how we always had to be cleaning and nothing. You couldn't relax until everything was done and it was a never ending kind of cycle. And so thinking about things differently has has made me kind of appreciate kind of the time that I have to actually reasonably do things to be able to be okay with taking a break and going to, you know, just watch a show or, or that without thinking, Oh, I have to be washing that dish. Oh no, there's another dish in that. And so it's, it's nice to have that, it's almost like permission to be okay with this. Yeah. That makes sense. I I think the mindset aspect is so much more powerful than I ever gave it credit for Mm -hmm. before I really started to make these changes in my home. You know, just the, so many times these challenges are a matter of just talking myself through it, you know, and saying, please, Dana, get over yourself. Like, you know, like what is, you know, like just follow the process, just follow the process. And then once I get started and, and do that, then I'm like, oh, why do I resist this still after a decade? But whatever. And uh, I think it's, it's definitely good for my family. I think they see a more relaxed mom, although they're probably going, uh, okay, I haven't taken stuff off the table and she's not freaking out because I always... <laughs> would feel that something was going to get overwhelming. Cause like you said, if you don't trust yourself that you're going to let it kind of slide and just pile up and then it's like back to how yes. it was before. And so when they would have a game out, I was always right there going, okay, you have to put it away make sure all the pieces go everywhere. And it's, that's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, but now having, you know, they can have that space to have that game out or if they're working on a puzzle or if they're doing anything like that, then I'm not kind of, hovering over them, making sure it doesn't get out of control again. Um, So I think it's, it's just, they're adjusting to that too. And I really want to set that example. It's like having a good relationship with stuff. And and I wonder if it's really a North American kind of thing that we're going through where we realize that we've accumulated a lot of stuff. Yes, I agree. I completely agree with that. And I think, I think you saying that things are different they may not have sat down and analyzed it, but they've noticed that things are different. So mm-hmm. I think that when you tackle their stuff with them and you say, hey, this is, you know, as, as things come up, because, you know, teenagers love to be treated like adults, you know. So as you talk about things, you say, you know, this is how I used to think of it. This is how I've learned to think of it now. Mm-hmm. And this is how that's helping me and it's helping me, you know, be willing to let go of things. Or when I realized, Oh, I can keep whatever I want to keep. I just can't keep it all. You know, that having those conversations with them and just saying, you don't have to necessarily say, cause I know my kids will always answer exactly the opposite of what I want. When I say things like, have you not noticed that, <laughs> but they have, they've noticed, I mean, they have, they've seen a difference in your home. And I think that that's going to impact as you go through this and you kind of explain what is it that's different? Like, how are you doing this differently than the way you used to do it? Right. And I think there's a, then there's an earned trust because um, I know when I would, before, 
in project mode when it's like, I just have to get everything out of the house because it would be feeling overwhelming. It would make my kids nervous because they're like, are you going to get rid of everything? And it's, and so that's when, when the solution at the time was, well, we'll just like, I don't want to get rid of your stuff until you've had a chance to go through it. So let's just put it downstairs then I've kind of created that other problem of, well, we never really addressed it at the time. It just became that folding spot. So I have a basement full of that procrastinate clutter. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's going to be so much easier though than, you know, some of the stuff that's been there forever. You're going to be like, Oh wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't really need this anymore. Yeah. We're good. Um, okay. Tell me what you love about the being a kindred spirit. Um, well, the name says it all, kindred spirits, knowing people get me. Um, listen, it's funny when I listen to a podcast or I'm in a conversation on, on the, the Facebook page or uh, in those discussions, it's like, you're reading my mind. It's, it's folks seem to be right where I'm at, at the same time, or I can see myself exactly um, in some new folks who have joined the group. Uh, it's nice to just feel comfortable and not judged. And it, those basic wins, like even like, oh, check out my, I had one cupboard where I had teas and coffees and I purged it and I posted pictures. And it's like, yeah, I like that other people appreciate how much of a win this was for me. When yeah. other people would have been like, okay, that's nice. Like, or it might have been like, well, did you notice that this over there, or shouldn't you put these together? You know, I don't know, but I'm just, Yeah just celebrating. And, and I think too, it helps that we're all using the same mindsets and strategies. Mm-hmm. I think that Absolutely. that is very helpful. Yep. And it just, so it reinforces that these items, they work for us. Right. Um, and when I chat with other folks, it just, I don't know, I, I kind of like having that secret group <laughs> Yeah, <it's> <laughs> of, <fun>. <laughs> of just folks that I know aren't, I guess it's being free of the judgment um, and, and you can always tell uh, some of the newer uh, people who join when it's like, I don't know how you feel about this, but there's a thing. And then you see so much kind of love and the likes and the comments of, yeah, I get that. And it's just nice to not feel, I guess, obviously, it's a big deal if I've said judged a few times, but yeah. that's, that's the internet. It's full of judgy folks. And, and it's just nice to have that um, sense of understanding and belonging and, and something that I think is very personal to all of us is our relationship with cleaning, decluttering, and just how how we maintain our house. It's a huge source of pride for many of us. And so not feeling on top of it is very disheartening. Yeah. It's an identity issue for sure Mm -hmm. for a lot of, particularly for women. So yeah, I love that, that there's that support and and kindness. So, well, thank you so much for coming on today. And I'm sorry about my technical difficulties, but it all worked out. It did. And this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I love your advice and to have you in person in my family room. In your beautiful family room. It's gorgeous. I love it. It's, uh, it's, it became better once we realized its identity. It's the music room. You're actually the computer sitting on the piano right now. Oh, I love it. That's and so, so this great. is where the kids practice, they perform, they do little things. We get videos for the grandparents. Oh, I so love then it's, it has a purpose. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.